Bristol Vegan Community. No West. Coffee. Lawrence Weston. Satan. Nelsie. Nelsie's actually outside Bristol. Soy milk. Hot Wells. Kale. Port's Head. Also not actually Bristol. It's outside Somerset, but still people know Port's Head from the back. Mushroom. St. Paul's. Vegan Paradise. Bristol Vegan Community. Unwaxed Lemons. Chickpeas. This is a Bristol vegan podcast with me, Kate Cook, long-term vegan and lifelong Bristolian. You can follow Bristol Vegans on Instagram and you can email bristolvegansuk at gmail.com. And if you're in Bristol, if you live in Bristol and you are vegan, you can join the Facebook group. Have a look on Facebook. So this uh, podcast is going to be chatting to local vegans. And this particular one is going to be a conversation that I had a few months ago with Nathan from Satan's Chariot. And you can hear all about that um, in the podcast. Since we recorded this, uh, Nathan wanted you to know that he is now supplying Asado, the Malago, Cinnamon, Holy Cow at the Love Inn, Feast Curators at Volunteer Tavern and Two Broke Girls with more to be announced soon. And the other thing he forgot to mention in the interview was that he donates 10% of net profits to animal rights causes and sanctuaries. Oh, and he also mentioned a documentary, uh, Liz Bonin uh, documentary, and that was called Meat, A Threat to Our Planet. So um, you'll hear how that's relevant in a moment. So on with the podcast. So I'm here at Shannon's house um, and uh, I'm going to let my guests introduce themselves. So yeah. how would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Nathan and I'm a local Bristol vegan. Ah, brilliant. So I think you've come... So we're in Nor West recording this at Shannon's house at the moment. Um, and uh, Shannon and Paul have gone out to the garden um, to see what he's doing out there. And we can see... Can you see across to um, Suspension Bridge from there? Oh, I've heard that you can see from here, but I don't... Sh- oh, to my shame, I'm not even sure. Um, there, whilst well, Ashton Court. Oh, right, OK. OK, so we no can worries. see across so see that. Court. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's right, you can't quite see the suspension bridge. I think you have to stand in a different position. Um, so, yeah, I think you've come from slightly south of Bristol today. I have, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But um, still identifying as a Bristol vegan. Yes, I am very much so. <laughs> still a BS postcode, so I'm clinging on to that uh, that mantle. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so did you grow up in Bristol? No, I actually grew up on the South Devon coast. So I was born in Basingstoke, but my family moved to um, Seaton in Devon when I was about four years old. I went to Seaton Primary School and then um, went to Sidmouth for secondary school. I went to Exeter for college. Um, and uh, during that time, I actually lived in France for a little bit. My family moved there when I was nine years old. So I did a oh, year wow. in a French school there. Um, and then uh, whilst living in Exeter, when all of my friends sort of came to normal uni age and I wasn't going to uni, I decided to move back out to Paris for a couple of years to live with my dad. Um, I then moved back to Exeter up to Leeds for uni in my late 20s um, and then decided that when I moved back I'd, I'd always loved coming to Bristol 
Um, I love Exeter, but um, I'm uh, I, I'm quite a social person. I like I like to engage in a lot of things culturally, and I just found I, I was sort of uh, really gagging to go and see what Bristol was all about, really. So I decided that it was close enough to my southwest roots, um, but had a bit more going on than the, than the more rural parts of uh, Devon, and, and uh, so yeah, that's why I ended up here. Yes, I always find it so interesting because I'm a native Bristolian, yeah. and I always find it really interesting about why people have chosen Bristol. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love from what you said that you name checked your primary school. Yeah, that was great because um, it's so important, isn't it? Like, it is. I would, yeah, I would probably do that with my primary school as yeah. well. So to me, that means nothing, but I can tell that it does. Yeah, mean exactly. To you that like, identity, identity yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, and I so you still in touch with people from your primary? Yeah, school? Funnily yeah, funnily enough, I am actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank yeah, God. Know, yeah, isn't it great? It's you brilliant. Can do that. Yeah, Absolutely. I really enjoy yeah. for that because yeah. you can have a, a contact, even if you never see people, there's things mm. that certain people will understand about you. Yeah, it's funny. I'm probably in touch with more people from primary school than I am secondary school, actually. Yeah. Quite quite a significant amount more, actually, when yeah. I think about it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that just, yeah, maybe that time just resonates with you. I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Yeah. Know why that is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting. So I guess, although it's useless to me, I'm not fluent mm-hmm. in French, but I guess you might be able to speak French. Yeah, yeah. conversationally. Yeah. yeah, my dad still lives. He's just moved from Paris down to the south. It's twilight years, uh, and he has a French partner who I um, I enjoy speaking to. But the uh, having done that year in a French school, really at the age that I was at, I mean that kind of age of just a sponge for language. Yeah, I've tried yeah, to yeah. learn Spanish in adulthood, and I'm an absolute wreck. Okay. <laughs> I can't do. It. And you think that as another Latin yeah. language, and, it, and and I'm sure there's probably uh, many French and Spanish speakers listening to this who th- feel like it's uh, quite a, you know an easy leap, but it is just that difference of of um, I think how susceptible your brain is to that, that kind of you know new information at that age so um yeah I'm lucky that I kept the language just yeah. now yeah and what um so you talked about the journey of how you got to Bristol mm. and what mm. about the journey to veganism what when yeah which part of your so um, geographical journey did that start that <laughs> is purely Bristol actually okay. so I've been in Bristol I think for going on for seven years I think this mm-hmm. year at some point around about the summer I think it'll be seven years and for six of those, I've um, just over six, I've been vegan. Um, I was not really vegetarian for very long. Um, before that, only about six months. Um, okay. My sort of uh, moment of connection was uh, I was eating a bacon sandwich in front of the TV one day and a little puff piece came on at the end of the news that was set in a farm and there was a pig roaming around and I was just uh, sort of looking at the sandwich and looking at the screen and looking at the sandwich and looking at the screen. And it just dawned on me, you know, as a self-professed lifelong animal lover, I looked at that pig in that moment and thought, I would much rather be there stroking that pig than I would be here eating this sandwich and just sort of made that connection that, you know, I so sort of readily pour onto domesticated animals whenever I see them. Like, I'm ridiculous. If there's a dog in the room, I ignore all humans. I just like, it's you and me, buddy. <laughs> but, um, and, you know, it's just suddenly just expanded in that moment. And I was just like, no, I, you know, that they deserve as much compassion as any other living being. And, and that was my sort of dawning moment. So I gave up meat there and then, but I didn't, I wasn't really well informed on dairy and eggs at that point. Mm. Um, so it was about over the next six months, um, I was uh, sort of took it upon myself to look into it and obviously came to the realisation that there's really no difference in how the animals are treated. Um, some of the aspects of those industries are perhaps even worse than the, the sort of cattle rearing ones um, for the animals involved and took that final plunge. So what was it that helped you? Because it sounds like you um, 
because we've got a very strong vegan community in Bristol, mm, especially yeah. over the last few years. It really Absolutely, has yeah. Mm. But it, from the way you talk there, it sounds like mm. you did most of the research on your own. I really there. did, yeah. yeah. And um, just to echo a, a point we were making before we started the interview is that personally I feel that um, I had to come on that journey mm. in the way I did. Um, I think that uh, you know, I'd like to have been exposed to the information that led me into that process a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that it came about and it being so personal to me, rather, um, I'm, I, I don't really know how I might have reacted if I was um, approached in the street and the kind of activism that I try and get involved in now. I don't really know how because I never went through that process. But it, yeah. for me, it feels like it kind of had to happen that way. But who who knows, really? I'm not well, sure. Well, I'm sure that was right for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, listeners, before we started recording, we were having a bit of a chat here at, here at Shams House. So we're talking about a bit, a bit about behaviour change, including motivational interviewing, but all sorts of things about um, behaviour change, which obviously quite uh, interesting to those of us who believe... Mm in veganism um, and the the moral and ethical standpoint and obviously therefore would like other people to be vegan too so it's Mm. always always Mm. interesting Um, so yeah so you've talked about your personal um, how you personally got to veganism Mm. and what do you think there was so do you think there was anything to do with Bristol that made that happen or did it happen to be that that was when you had Um, that experience that's a really good question, actually. I've not really sort of thought about it on those terms before. I think that knowing that there was a strong um, vegan community in Bristol certainly helped um, in in sort of finding out about what was available locally. Um, I guess it was quite a while into my journey into veganism that I actually sort of sought the community out for mm-hmm. community purposes, like yeah, to yeah, socialize. Yeah. And, and that's when I've met sort of, the, um, uh, Shannon and, and the other sort of, uh, admins like yeah. uh, Ben and everyone and really, and, and met so many wonderful people in that community. Um, that I've not really thought if it was anything about Bristol specifically, I, ju- I guess, you know, the fact that that community is there is certainly, um, has certainly helped give me that sense of, you know support yeah. that um in those beliefs in in more recent years but i think when i started out it really was such a, a personal independent journey yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and ironically the week before i had that moment i was on facebook debating with vegans chirping about humane slaughter and yeah, ethical yeah, yeah. butchery and you know yeah. and meat sourcing I, I was i was the you know i would have got a full house on the carnist bingo the week before that i had that moment yeah um so it was it was quite profound for me um at the time as I, I you know i'm sure it is for everyone when you suddenly if you identify as that animal lover and then you realize that actually there's a huge part of your consumer choices and habits that really fly in conflict with that self-identity mm. um you know and i just felt obliged to to make changes yeah yeah um, I think one of the things that was coming up when you were talking then, um, I was just thinking about something that um, Shannon and Ben and I uh, and, and Martin and other admins around Bristol Vegan sometimes talk about is um, is is going, we, we would like to support people to go and stay vegan. Yes. Um, and so I'm also interested in um, the, the going vegan part is mm. something that we talk about a lot, mm. but the staying vegan part is something that I hope that Bristol vegans mm. support yes. yeah. a lot, mm. which is a bit um, less easy to identify why people stay vegan. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I suppose I'm just mm. thinking about 
being in an environment such as Bristol or around other people who are vegan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it may or may not affect whether people stay vegan. Yeah. It certainly makes it a lot easier. I think so, yeah. I think um, in the same way as the actual leap to go vegan differs and people's needs differ you know different forms of advocacy work for different people and speak to different people I think probably in the same way people need different levels of support to to continue and and you know for some people whilst it you know I know that we like to bat away the the rebuttals that veganism is a hard lifestyle to adopt it's not in a lot of ways but for some people that perhaps that if they lacked that community and there was a certain you know individual who needed that element to their life to to support it then i'm sure that would be a, have a big impact on them absolutely yeah um yeah i think it good differs from one person to the next so for those people that need it i'm sure it's it's absolutely essential yeah and um so I, I asked Sham this morning to tell me three things about you. <laughs> so she said that you were tall. Yeah, can and you confirm that? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I haven't asked you about that yet. No, no. But yeah. I am sighted, so yeah. um, I, can, I can see that you're what I would... How mm-hmm. tall are you? 6'5". Uh, 6'5", six five. Six five, yeah. okay. And do you know how much that is in... So we've been metric since 1971, 192, 193 centimetres, Okay, so nearly yeah. two metres. Yeah, nearly. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's quite tall. Yeah. <laughs> And um, she also said you were vegan, so yes. that's good. Yeah. You confirmed that. Yeah. So uh, I think you've got so uh, vegan term is mm. companion animal. Mm-hmm. So that's how yeah, that's is right. that how you would talk about? Um, yeah, Susie? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's um, she's a ex Romanian street dog. Um, she was one years old when I adopted her, um, and she's now three and a half, so just over two years really. Um, she's uh, scared of her own shadow a lot of the time, very um, nervous, but she's uh, come a long way in the time I've had her as well. So uh, just recently she's really started to um, sort of warm to strangers a lot more readily, which is a really nice thing to see. Just that she, I think her sort of time with me is, I, th- I guess she's kind of realised that nothing bad's happening to her when she gets put yeah. into new situations. So. Her trust in me and the guess the people she meets um, through being around me is is getting better. So that's great. So would she have? Um, I guess you don't know exactly what her experience was before no. she came to be with you. But mm. I, it, from what you're saying, it sounds like she might have experienced abuse. Yeah, right? I understand that she was just um, sort of on the street scavenging. Um, my understanding of uh, things over in Romania is they do have a big problem with strays, and therefore the public attitude is a little bit sour. They're not quite um you know in terms of <laughs> how the uk identifies as an animal loving nation um i'm sure in certain ways they do but in that regard they're very you know they'll shoo animals away because it is a problem so they'll be scavenging for food and mm. i don't know whether she's ever had any any physical abuse but i'm sure that she's been sort of shooed off of of uh, bins or whatever scavenging yeah. food in the past and that's probably what makes her a little bit um, sketchy around humans. She's quite good with other animals, ironically, and I'm sure that's probably due to her being on the street too. Okay, so I guess yeah. maybe she wasn't raised around a human family. No, I don't so think that's so. Not normal no, I think mine was the first house be, yeah. yeah, that she'd ever been yeah. in, I, I think, okay. yeah. And now she's gone through a move. I think that's actually helped give an extra layer to her confidence ironically okay. she's found herself in this new environment and it seems Still to all okay. be okay yeah. and yeah. and now she seems even more like um, settled and happy with new people coming in so yeah, yeah I'm really happy to see that 
Yeah, because yeah. you sort of you've talked about your connection with animals, so I guess mm. that that's um, like a good, yeah. fulfilling relationship. Really is yeah. for me. Yeah, um, my mum was a veterinary nurse when I was younger, oh, so we okay. always used to have sort of rescue animals that needed not intensive overnight care but just monitoring overnight or perhaps feeding through the night come back um, to the house and uh, yeah so uh, I've definitely had that exposure from an early age and obviously uh, mum's a very animal sort of centered person she's actually gone vegan on my recommendation as well yeah in exchange (laughs) I can't believe I'm gonna admit this on podcast so my mum's quite uh, she's quite centered in her Christian faith so I exchange uh, to start with uh, um, it's really interesting and, and again this is another reason why I like to have um, you know you've got to have open debates and I know that some people do really struggle with their family I'm very lucky that my mum was quite open mm-hmm. to the conversation you know just in the first instance anyway and um, so now she uh, she likes to send me a bible verse every week and okay. in, in exchange she went vegan but I know the 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 funny thing is that that doesn't matter whether I read it or not. She's going to stay vegan because she she's got that far into it now. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. She, you know, I get. Um, we uh, had a little like uh, WhatsApp watch party on the um, not the uh, Apocalypse Cow, the the more recent documentary with uh, Liz Bonin, and I can't remember which one that was now. Okay, we'll uh, we'll find it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that <laughs> that one there. Um, and and we were sort of speaking on WhatsApp, and she's like, "Oh, it's horrible, isn't it?" And she tells me how now she goes to the supermarket and can't really look at the meat aisle and things like that just because she recognises what's behind it all. So, yeah, it's it's nice that, you know, she's very... Um, she's sort of set into the, the way of life now, which is great. So what do you think... Because I think that brings up something really interesting, mm. um, and this has been in the news recently about mm. veganism as a belief system. Mm. Actually, veganism was probably yes, protected anyone protect- under European law. Yeah. It, it has been for, for some time. Right. The more recent case has been about a legal precedent, yes. as yeah. far as I understand. Yeah. Um, so this is about veganism being a belief system and protected under law um, mm. against discrimination in the same way that a religious belief or, or another type of belief might be. Mm. So it's just interesting the interaction that you're having with your mum. Yeah. Um, and, and thinking about the difference between the behaviour and the belief mm. because for me veganism is a belief system and yeah. the external behaviour is not using animal products mm. and mm. people often interpret it as only food because that's of the bit course. they come into contact yeah. with but obviously yeah. it's about um, all sorts of use of animal or not using animal products but I'm just interested in that interaction that you're having so she's it's her behaviour that she's changing but mm. it sounds like she's trying to change your belief yes yes uh, in a way yeah yeah I was raised Christian but sort of gave it up in my in my teens I'm a lot more science-minded um uh, in in my belief system um like theologically but we have some good debates yeah so I suppose my question is would her belief is that so the behavior is there for she's Mm. she's changed her behavior but Mm. is the belief similar to yours yes yeah it is now now what's interesting as well is that when we first started you know when I went vegan and and she was um sort of uh uh I guess sounding me out about it and having that conversation around around you know this change in belief system that I was undergoing um she at first uh, defaulted to a lot of um, areas of scripture that a lot of Christians will refer to in terms of, um, you know, humans having dominion over animals and things like that, and that they have been made um, for humans. Obviously, the Bible is massively open to interpretation, which is why we have so many denominations within Christianity. 
And um, so that was her kind of default stance. But bless her, she she you know entered the conversation in good good faith, and and we and we had a really open and honest talk about stuff. And she went back to you know her her uh, cornerstone, which is the Bible of her faith, and and sort of looked for further interpretation and found it. I, I can't remember the uh, verse she shared with me at the moment, but she found sort of basis in scripture for yeah. veganism. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And uh, and that's when we sort of hatched this little uh, pact that I'd, uh, I'd, I'd read a verse of her choosing. Yeah, every week. I mean, you know, a lot of the verses from the Bible, you know, regard, you know, I'm an atheist and mm-hmm, I've brought mm-hmm. around atheism. Sure, what yeah. I often find is that I have a lot in common with Christians. Just yes. the reason I've arrived yeah. at that yeah. moral or ethical position that's might be it. a different reason. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I often have quite a lot of this commonality about compassion for example sure yeah absolutely yeah I think my stance is that I very much attribute a lot of my moral grounding in my Christian upbringing but I do not believe that we need either the actual an an actual deity or the belief in one to be moral beings and and be and align ourselves with moral behavior and uh, that's probably where I stand on it in the shortest amount of words believe in god no no i don't when no, you no, previously no. did i did yeah okay. yeah so absolutely yeah i know yeah like yes yes don't absolutely know what it's like to lose yeah or maybe you don't feel it's it funny it's well um when i was younger i also used to go to um christian summer camps sort mm-hmm. of between the ages of i guess about seven to twelve or thirteen um and they were for a child of of that age they they could be interpreted to be quite extreme i mean we're not talking like sort of some of the things that you see going on in America, the hugely evangelical stuff, but certainly approaching that. um, Very uh, expressive worship sessions, you know, um, I I don't know how familiar you are with biblical uh, phenomena like speaking in tongues, things like that, being moved by the Spirit, people crying from being moved by the Spirit of God, things like that. These were all behaviours being displayed in a room. And with the innocence of a child, I sort of stood there thinking... Why is everyone feeling this and I'm not? And I really wanted to. I believed that. Yeah. But that was the trouble. Then my, I guess my belief then had a bit of a toxic edge to it because I I believed it was there, but I would just either wasn't feeling it or I guess you know from a childlike perspective I was like, oh, am I worthy of feeling it? And then it Uh, brings in this level of insecurity and stuff. So I think that's what initially made me think, oh, maybe there's maybe this there's other ways of thinking about you know why I'm here and and all of that and and so now yeah I did sort of go through a stage of being agnostic but um but now I'm very much uh sort of grounded in science these days and atheism yeah Yeah, okay Mm, um so yeah the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was satan yes (laughs) not s-a-t-a-n yeah so yeah what how is it spelled s-e-i-t-a-n yeah yes okay so well-known product within the vegan community yes it is uh it is really going um um, quite uh, mainstream these days so uh, Satan I believe by definition um, so I've seen from many of the groups that I'm involved in on- online is a meat alternative made from a high gluten flour which um, when uh, kneaded and then heated uh, sort of mimics meat stringy like texture uh, and and bite as well gives it a sort of firm but some slightly spongy bite to it as well so okay. yeah so a lot of uh, protein, nutrition. It is a high protein flour, yeah. Not 
not okay if you're celiac or if you're not, not great not no because <laughs> it, it, it is it is rammed with gluten, gluten. Yeah. yeah no um there are i am going to hopefully be looking at a gluten-free alternative this year uh as you can see but listeners can't unfortunately i've injured at the moment um so i'm just sort of riding through that at the moment um but i am going to be looking into uh coming up with a gluten-free one this year however I'm sure the purists in the groups that I'm in would say that's not officially it's Satan. Not satan that yeah. would then become a Satan alternative yeah, rather okay. than... Yeah, but yeah, yeah, still yeah. a meat alternative as well. Yeah, yeah. okay. Mm. So, um, yeah, tell me about what your interest is in Satan. Yeah, so um, back in, I think it was October time, um, I saw a gap in the market at a local restaurant. It is an um, Omni restaurant, Asado on Colston Street. Um, they'd been uh, supplied by a local business uh, wholesale for their vegan burgers up until a couple of months beforehand. Um, and unfortunately, they'd uh, closed down their operations. So uh, they'd been buying it shop bought, which was, um, I know that who was supplying them before is a really, really great product. And, and the shop bought one wasn't so great. Uh, it obviously had quite a few preservatives in it. The texture was quite... Um, uh, just not, you know, as good as it could be by a long shot. Um, and uh, so the the management were looking for a new local supplier. Mm-hmm. It was something I'd been thinking about doing um, anyway. And so I went and had a chat with them. Uh, and luckily they were in a position to also offer me a bit of um, kitchen space to go and cook there so I could get it off the ground really quickly. Uh, and I've been selling uh, to them now for the last three months and uh, sales have gone up by 30% since I've been uh, supplying them, which is great. We've been getting some really good feedback. Um, we started off with just the chicken alternative burgers and the last week uh, we've launched the lamb alternative burgers there as well, which is really great to see. So yeah, it's nice to offer, uh, uh, to do something that I'm passionate about uh, and uh, obviously um, be able to be a bit of the part of the change as well and provide and obviously Bristol's got a great market it's a very competitive market uh, granted um, but there's a real appetite there despite how many vendors there are there's uh, people like the variety that Bristol offers um, I think it's only rivaled by a few other places in the country slash so, the world so do you have um do you have a business? I do, yeah. Name? Uh, yeah, or, it's yeah. Uh, Satan's Chariot. Satan's yeah, Chariot, yeah. okay. And if people want to get in contact with you... Yeah, there's a Facebook page for that as well. Okay. Yeah, um, we're also on Instagram, so... Facebook yeah. and Instagram. Yeah. Um, you were talking before about the... Did you want to say anything about the idea of workshops? Yes. Um, unfortunately, um, due to the injury, I was hoping uh, last year uh, on the approach to Christmas to offer some Satan workshops um, as uh, Christmas gifts. I didn't at the time know how long it would take to recover from my injury, um, but it's looking likely now that that's going to be sometime from March onwards. So if there's anyone listening that is really interested in uh, being guided through the process, uh, the format, I'm hoping to have sort of between five and ten people per session. Um, It will be probably in a a location in the Clifton area, uh, one of the premises I'm looking at at the moment. Um, and it'll be a sort of two to three hour session of going through a few different methods of making different types of seitan, depending on uh, whether your focus is on sort of texture or flavour. We'll go, sort of talk through all of the different ways that you can make it uh, and the different ingredients that go into achieving different outcomes. So, oh, great. Yeah, looking um, forward to it. <laughs> was there anything else that you wanted to say before we finish? Was there anything we haven't covered? Um, that you to cover? No, I think we've gone through everything. Just uh, I hope that the 
um, people listening, I hope there's a good portion of um, people out there that are just trying veganism for the first time. It's a really exciting time. There are so many places to go um, and sort of things to get involved with, especially in Bristol, but um, also seeing that it, a lot of things are being rolled out nationally um, should hopefully give you the, uh, the encouragement that you need to uh, know that you're on the right track. Um, and definitely tap into the group. It's been a wonderful resource for me over the years, um, whether it's you know just getting started and really establishing how I feel about certain elements of the vegan um, ethos and lifestyle and challenges, um, but also just you know uh, just for company companionship. There's some really amazing people. Get out to the socials. Get involved in some activism, uh, and uh, yeah, just get involved. Lovely and. Also, before we finish, mm. um, can you tell me uh, your the non-food item that you were most surprised to find had contained animal products? If you can think of anything, non-food item, or is there anything that you yeah. had to start avoiding that you didn't anticipate? Salt and vinegar crisps was annoying. That was okay, really. That is a food. That, that is a food. Well, arguably, but tell me what they. I'd say. Why would they not be vegan? Because they have uh, that. So they have lactose powder in because yeah. it's a very cheap product that is a kind of a, a almost a really a waste product from a lot of dairy stuff, um, and it it's thought to add texture to products like crisps. Okay. Uh, I'd argue that, but okay. so what about <laughs> um, things like um, clothing yeah. or um, medications or medication know? was a big one, like the flu, um, the flu injection. Yeah. Uh, at the time when I first was offered it, um, so I was working uh, in an NHS job at the time, and I was offered the flu vaccine, as many NHS staff are. I wasn't actually in contact with vulnerable patients, so I didn't feel it necessary, but that really took me by surprise that um, a lot of flu jabs have egg in. Uh, obviously, personally, I know, again, it's a, a bit of a room divider. I, I think that um, uh, healthy vegans are better than sick vegans and being yes, effective. And, and, I, and I would say that, you know, the ethos, behind, well, the, the idea behind veganism is it's to be a vegan, is to avoid animal products products whenever it's practical or possible. Exactly, so we exactly. suggest that people didn't look after health. I would say in the case, uh, so <clears> we're sometimes in a very difficult position where um, we know that a medication contains an animal product. So in that case, personally, mm. I would ask mm. if there was an, a product which didn't contain of animals. Of course, yeah. And then I would make a decision. Um, and generally, you would need to go along. Um, so um, oral contraception is a good example. Mm -hmm. There isn't any oral contraception that doesn't really? contain oh, right. products. So I didn't know that. We would certainly never suggest that somebody um, put themselves at risk of pregnancy. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, but actually with the flu jab, there is a vegan alternative. Yes, I've and found so that out in recent times. Asking. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely, which is great. Um, so that, I think at the time, that, that took me back a bit. And also the whole tallow and money in the new plastic money thing. That, yes, okay, that was yeah, a shocker yeah, as well. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think I've got some, but yeah, so again, did you want to explain yeah. about that? Yeah, so um, I, my understanding is that tallow is kind of uh, one of those products um, whereby they will maybe boil down like off uh, byproducts such as tendons that sort of thing yeah. ligaments um, and make it into I guess it's it's like a binding agent at industrial level um, and uh, our new plastic money does include a tiny fraction of it um, so I think really uh, sort of the last point is that it's things like this like I think everyone, based on that definition, which is set, you know, back in when veganism was founded by the vegan society of, of things being, 
you know, if it's practically possible for you to uh, to to do something, then then definitely do it. But um, you know, when it comes to functioning in the systems that we exist in, and uh, you know, and and in keeping yourself healthy and alive. Um, you do have to give yourself a break at times because there is sometimes no avoiding that thing. Well, this is a non-vegan world. Yes, exactly. That, so we're attempting to operate as vegans exactly. in a non, non-vegan world. And yeah. I, I suppose the point is about it being practical and possible. Most of the time it is possible. Mm. I think that's also to remember this is not about saying, well, I had to eat an egg mm. because there was no other food. Yes. Yeah. That pro- you're probably never yeah. going to be in that situation, are you? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but there are other things where where you don't actually have any choice um, mm-hmm. because there isn't a non-vegan alternative. Yeah. And I suppose yeah. that's the time at which that you would then start saying, well, how can there be? Uh, so mm. um, my partner Paul uh, found out that vegan tattoo tracing paper had yeah, um, really? sorry non-vegan most tracing paper used for tattoos had right. animal products in it so we started investigating and now actually there's widespread use of the vegan version yeah but that's because somebody had flagged you know you have to start asking you have to ask the, ask the question of course and it is yeah. difficult so tallow also can be found in soap and in candles that's right yeah often. of course yeah so yeah we're in this difficult position sometimes mm. aren't we where we on the one hand it's like well yeah if there isn't any alternative I will have to use this product mm. but I would also like there to be different products and mm. it feels like it's not a very good bargaining no, position to work from because you're not yeah. refusing it no exactly <laughs> and I, that's it I think that um, as well until until enough people ask is there an alternative to this yeah it won't fuel enough demand for there to for someone to see a market in creating yeah. one so even if you know, so, like you say, it's important to ask, always ask if there's an alternative, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, come on, you know, mm. Marks and Spencers have shoes which are yeah, vegan now. Yeah, yeah. This is the world that we're living in. So I know, it's yeah, good. it's great. I mean, I, I just to give any um, newbies perspective, but even six years ago when I went vegan, perhaps it's slightly more, I don't think even Vero Life was a, a, a widely available cheese in the supermarkets. I don't think there was any supermarket at that point that did a vegan cheese it was still very sort of artisan there were no big brand cheeses certainly no own brand cheeses in the supermarket now you can go into any big supermarket and you can buy a whole cheese board of, of yes. vegan cheeses I mean, so. It, so this is really interesting to me is that one of the questions that we quite often get asked on mm. Bristol Vegans Facebook group what's the best vegan cheese now mm. to me that's a laughable question you know I went mm. vegan in 1989 sure so we, we didn't have cheese <laughs> yeah. the whole yeah. point was when you went vegan you could not eat cheese yeah that, that was just the, the deal so breaker now, wasn't it yeah. just for people to be saying which one yeah, should I, I know, have yeah. which of these hundreds I know okay Let's leave it there. Yeah. Unless there's anything that wasn't. No, that's. I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Last words. So we've done well there. Yeah.